Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, the podcast where we talk about musicals with people who love musicals. I am your host, Zane C. Weber. Here with me are... Julia Eisentrager. And... It's me, KB. And I don't know why you're looking at me. I just, I think, like, we always say people who love musicals, but I think it's been proven, perhaps, that I don't love... But I love musicals, and I'm always here. Yeah, why are you here then, Julie? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, stay, please <laughs> um, We have like also brought people who aren't necessarily musical lovers Into the musical lovers fold Welcome yeah, well, to the true. fold And our guest <laughs> this week has a history with musicals Stop Me Everything I Know The first time that our guest came onto the show yeah, She brought a French revolutionary musical that she Despised, <laughs> and we spoke about it for an hour and forty minutes. We, we did. That's uh, still the record. Still the record, I think. Les Mis. I don't think Les Mis is. I think Shrek has been. Oh, Shrek them. might have been. Yes. <laughs> How? I was think Shrek was that? like an hour and forty-eight mm. minutes long. But this week we have none other than Kim Brown. Hello, everybody. Here to talk about the Scarlet Yay. Pimpernel, a French I'm revolutionary so excited. musical. I feel like I'm being put in a corner, and there's I have a niche <laughs> musical, um, you know, thing now. But it, um, I will yes. say we let the guest pick the musical. Well, yes, this, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad I got invited back after the fun times we had with Les Mis. It's that okay. Very but gracious you know of you all. I still like. I like Les Mis. I'm gonna put it out there. I like Les Mis. I don't. You're a controversial. I have no hard feelings against Kim Brown for that episode. No, we share initials, Kim Brown. We're always going to be friends. (laughs) Exactly. And I love a lot about Les Mis, but we're not here to talk about that. We are going to talk about you before we talk about the Scarlet Pimpernel. We have a getting to know you quiz, and we we can't remember if you did this or not. So no, let's. I can't remember either. So do it anyway. Let's just do it. See what happens. <laughs> okay, quiz me. Do um, do before we do. start, though, oh. Julie's going to sing. Oh, me in my Miranda impersonation. Mm-hmm. Getting okay. to know you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Channeling Miranda. I'm thinking Miranda. I'm channeling her. Getting to know you. That's a lot less creepy than when I do it. So. Yeah, and there were no like, eyes. I'm also. Oh, I did them just like this way. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Okay. I feel welcome. Thank you. Good. <laughs> I'm being sung at. Excellent. Kim Brown. Yes. Which musical character would other people compare you to? Um, I think well, I would like to think in a way that I think people would compare me to Mama Morton from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she talks tough. She's you know big, loud, brassy, but she's really just a big softy. But uh, also, if you scratch Mama's back, she'll 
Scratch yours. She's all about that reciprocity. Oh, yes. Mm. Reciprocity. Good Good word. Which musical character would you like other people to compare you to? I'd actually like people to be much more scared of me and I'd like to be <laughs> Ursula from The Little Mermaid yes. okay. with the power to transform from giant octopus into beautiful I human and and things like that. And, like, if kids are being super annoying, you can just steal their voices. Yep. Just can gone. you imagine? Souls gone. I think you might already surpass Ursula. Oh, look at like that. That is a big call. When Kim Brown is in, like, a full rage mode. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. Julie seen and I have Kim. worked together once, and it was only once. No. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and it That's will only be once. Actual truth. Uh oh. <laughs> I've right. never seen Kim Brown in full rage mode. Although I, I would actually, I know she's not really a musical character, but God, do I want to be Edna Mode from The Incredibles? Yes. <laughs> Just all I mean, of the Edna. She's, she's the best picture yeah. character ever. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your dream role? I. Um, I have two insofar as I have one that was always my dream and now I'm too old and undanceable to do it. But I've always wanted to be uh, Velma Kelly in Chicago. Chicago's one of my favourite shows. And I just, I've always loved the music and I loved her role and I wish I could dance it. Um, so I've always wanted to do that role. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you've aged out, I but yes, the dancing, the, 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 the dancing is the problem. It's the dancing is the problem. And I, I don't think I could have even done it in my 20s <laughs> and uh, we're not there anymore. So. <laughs> we could direct it in no. a way that Val McKelly maybe tripped over his own crutches for the whole show. She just belts from a wheelchair. Yeah. Right. With I mean, lots of boys thing. dancing her, her, her song is literally about her demonstrating <laughs> all of her dance Yeah, moves. but she just gets someone else to do it. You know, right. She's so bossy. Okay. It's like a stick. Like, yeah. Oh, and a, and a we, we can go. make it work. And yeah. she just points. She's like, <laughs> left, um, right, left, right, six, two, five, go. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I think you could do it. We I can make it work. I think you, I have a lot of faith in you. We I could feel do like, like retirement Chicago rather than like jail Chicago. <laughs> I love that so Where do much. agent stars go? Where, and she just plays like a recording of and an show. And they've got lawyers <laughs> to try and get them out of the retirement. Well, well because they feel trapped. <laughs> like, it's, this is not the home I was promised. And then <laughs> I'm still of, a star. So I love the um, hot honey rag. They do like the nursing home Christmas carol. Wait, 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 wait. wait. She gets pregnant. What are we doing about that? I'm just uh, hey, hey, you can't don't just squash all the ideas yeah. straight up, Julie. We're fair, just spitballing here. To be fair, no spoilers, but it is a fake pregnancy. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but also maybe she just thinks in her mind that she's younger <gasps> than she is. Oh, I, it's I, a commentary okay. on dementia. I now. genuinely <laughs> like this version more. <laughs> I think it should happen. But Billy Flynn's in there as well and he still thinks he's a hotshot lawyer. So yeah. he's just he's it's just creating drama. Lawyer. And it's just yeah. they've set up a courtroom in the like Okay, lounge. so okay. yeah, so this this oh, on. No, I think I think, I think we'll leave this this Chicago. Let's talk about this for an hour and forty five minutes. Until after we stop recording. Oh, guys, so we'll fill you in. We'll fill you in. Yeah. But Kim Stay Brown. Tuned. Yes. What is your favorite Sondheim show? Anything not written by Sondheim. Okay. So West Side Story? Sure. Gypsy? Maybe. Those are the two They're that are written that he, by Sondheim. The music wasn't written by Sondheim. Yes. That's what you mean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, look, I respect what Sondheim is. Uh, <laughs> but I hate I just can't it. get aboard it. If anything, I would probably have to go with Into the Woods um, <laughs> if I had to at gunpoint pick a Sondheim. Fair enough. Yeah. 
We are not holding her at gunpoint. I just need everyone. Just, to know that. I'm just saying, I would go with any, almost any other composer before Sondheim. Any, wow, like Wildhorn. But we'll get to that. <laughs> See, it's, it's divisive. You're either a Wildhorn person or you're a Sondheim person, and never the twain shall meet. So, what is your go-to shower song? Um, it is. Um, maybe this time from Cabaret. Nice. nice. Mainly because it, it's in the mornings and I don't have a very high voice. So maybe this time. <laughs> it's nice and low to yeah. get started. And it, it slowly works your way, your voice up in the morning. So. And you just do that last verse over and over again just with that key just change. Just the key and it change, gets, yeah. It gets it up it's, high. It's like Beyonce, <laughs> you know, and you just keep going. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We've come to the end of the end of the quiz. Now, I have a feeling, I have an inkling of what might be the show that you want to delete from musicals. So, what show? Uh, look, there is. Can I do a top five? No, it's just one. <laughs> is this where I can do a top you five? You can't delete cats. <laughs> oh. So is man. I okay, knew it was that's right. <laughs> Even after seeing look, it, you it can't would be it. in my top five. <laughs> um, I actually, and I, again, having come on this podcast and sort of slammed Lame Is, I actually don't mind it. I hate it as a show. I love the music individually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy to keep it in the canon. Um, a show that I think is overrated and dull is Rent. And I would yes. throw that out. Just pay Quickly. your rent. Today is the best day. I love you so much, Team Benny. Better musical than Rent. Yeah. Just wrote it. Yeah. It mm. just wasn't It's not about Christmas, finished. though. Uh, it can be. I've, I've not finished the musical yet. Uh, Christmas it's, is also in there. Working title. You know. <laughs> We'll go. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure there's already a musical called that. (laughs) Let's let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll start talking about the Scarlet Pimpernel. Okay, so Scarlet Pimpernel, like Les Mis, Mm. set during revolutionary France, but different revolutions. Yes. <laughs> yes, very different characters, uh, different uh, different messages. I want to say as uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, different sort of different perspectives. So they teach very different lessons. Yes. So, can you give us a two-minute? Oh, I didn't realize it was elevator timed. pitch <gasps> of the of plot. The plot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I can. That's not what I prepared. Good God. Um, of the plot. Yeah. Just, okay. just a really Bare quick bones. Rundown. Like you don't have to go with like this person's called this and they pretend to okay. be this person right. and they go to here because it's very complicated. It's a very – it's a plot-heavy musical. It is. There's a lot of twists and turns. Okay. I feel like I've just stepped into an improv that I didn't know about. It's like, thank God you're here. Um, okay. <laughs> thank we God you're that. here. Uh, let me tell you about this show. Okay. Well, the Scarlet Pimpernel is this sort of – fantasy mystical creature that nobody actually knows who he is um but is he the brigadoon of the scarlet pimpernel uh, I, does I, he I, exist i don't know um, it's been timed julie <laughs> <laughs> and he um the scarlet pimpernel seems to be able to save um english nobility from the guillotine of the french revolutionists who are just slaughtering the bourgeoisie people and um trying to take back paris and france from all of the rich people uh but every time they not every time but a lot of times they try and kill these people um suddenly it's this scarlet pimpernel he turns up and he does things and he saves people and he's whisking them off back to england to save them and shelter them and it's all very mysterious and romantic and fantastical um but we as the audience find out 
out that the Scarlet Pimpernel is in fact a, a an English noble uh, by the name of Sir Percy Darnet. What's his surname? And I really he, like Darnet. Darnet. <laughs> Sir Percy Darnet. Blakeney. Um, Blakeney. Thank you. But he, who is very much a part of the the high life, and he is very. Um, uh, oh, I can't describe Foppish. him. Foppish. That's the Effeminate. word. Foppish. Yes, he, all he cares about is is clothes and fashion and food and all those sort of things. So he is really a very unlikely subject. Um, but we know that he is in fact and is very passionate about uh, the issues that are going on. He also happens to have a French wife. Ooh la la. And we all know what French wives are like, <laughs> right? <laughs> nope. And, of course, we have our lead um, sort of Frenchman called Chauvelin, who is trying to catch... Not (laughs) Chocolat, Chauvelin, who is trying to catch this damned Pimpernel who's spoiling all of his guillotining fun. (laughs) That was great, Kim Brown. With with lots of music, the end. The end. (laughs) I love it. Lots of music. So much music in this music. Is it? Okay, question. I've done my homework. Clearly. Uh, Is it sung through? No. Okay, just checking. It's like I just want the audience to know it wasn't sung through. I no, no. There's like a lot of wild horn. There's little bits of exposition, Mm. and then songs about feelings. Okay, so is the exposition Mm. almost just like recit, but not sung? No, no. Is it that short, or is it like lengthy parts? Yeah. Cool. Everyone in the audience, what's going on? I enjoyed watching it. I remember reading this book for school. I think I was in grade six. And then we were forced to watch the movie that's now very old. Very, very old. And I enjoyed it. And then I saw the production that you, Kim Brown, directed (gasps) and MD'd. Mm. Yes. Um, And I I actually enjoyed it, but I cannot listen to the soundtrack on its own. Like, I need to see it. Mm. (laughs) That's that's probably fair. Like... There's a, there's a couple of songs in the soundtrack that even to this day I'm like, Ugh, skip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have to be his pop ballad ones. Yeah. Um, Wildhorn's yeah. very – he always throws in those songs that – like Disney that have the song that's recorded by Peebo Bryson Ew. that goes out on the radio. There's I always one of that, those. That grinds my gears. Like, tomorrow. <laughs> that's the like, thing. Listening to Wildhorn, it's always the Linda Etta song. Mm-hmm. It's not always sung by Linda Etta, but it is – it's, yeah. it, it's like – He's written it for her voice and it has to be in the musical, so it's here and it's saying nothing. Let's skip it. That yeah. would, yeah, that bugs so, me. So, um, but a lot of his, I, I love the big chorus numbers that are in this mm. show in particular. There's a couple of big group, big numbers that are just fabulous. Into the Fire. Into the Fire, yes. And Wait, Madame Guillotine is hmm. brilliant. So, so I just want to. As I have admitted before, mm. I am a Wildhorn fan you because are. Wildhorn writes for my voice. Yes. <laughs> so, so a lot of his songs I enjoy singing. I understand the restrictions of a Wildhorn piece. Uh, but I just want to say, like, he's done the Scarlet Pimpernel, but he has a thing about these classical texts, these novellas, because he started out with Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to Svengali. The Scarlet Pimpernel. He's also done Dracula. Yep. Yeah. He's also done Cyrano de Bergerac. Yep. He's also done Fra- Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, so he's done like all of the classical monster sort of gothic texts. Yeah. Yeah. texts. Absolutely. Uh, I he's got a style, yeah. I have to say. He has style, but it's kind of like, I guess it's your precursor to your 
superheroes. Yeah, it's like the first Marvel. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I actually read something recently that was talking about the Scarlet Pimpernel being like that, that yeah. sort of um, the, the the facade yeah. of the superhero yeah. where there's a, the outer, there's a superhero persona and then there's the real person. Like yeah. the if you were going Superman to do sort of a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen of musical oh. theatre... <laughs> It's it would have Pimpernel to be scored by Wildhorn for starters, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clearly. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so I think, like, there, okay, so there's a lot of music in here. So you're, you're a musical person. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, f- for me, a show has to have the the music. Like, there's a lot of a lot of people love the story of a, of a show or the, um, the characters. But, yeah, for me, it's a lot of – and it's not even just the singing or the lyrics. It's actually the orchestration. Mm. And I love – like, I'm a big fan of um, romantic music. Wagner, Tchaikovsky, all of those kind of really big, the Nazis. loud. <laughs> sh- we don't talk about that. Um, uh, music. Yeah, but they have good music. Um, I know. Like, I love Wagner as well, but it's problematic. <laughs> if you just take out the words and. <laughs> oh, um, no, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I think, I feel like um, orchestrally in particular, and, and like, like I said, with the chorus numbers that Wildhorn writes in that in that way and we see that in Jekyll and Hyde as yes, well yeah. um, and it's just it's stirring and it's loud and it's full yeah. and it's passionate and it's fun I think I think that is one of the hallmarks of Wildhorn is the passion in the music mm. because he does kind of get this big swirl of emotion like it starts small and it works up to that and I wish it wasn't as formulaic as after you've listened to a lot of his work, like it is like yeah, this I, is wild horn. After, after I don't know what show it's from. <laughs> I I had I had a new Jekyll and Hyde reasonably well, and then um, but I hadn't made the connection initially when I took on the Scarlet Pimpernel production that mm. was Wild Horn. But I was listening to it going, God, this sounds familiar. And then after the Scarlet Pimpernel production, uh, a friend of mine said, Oh, you know, he's written one for Dracula. And so I put the CD on. I got four songs in and went. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god, it's the same <laughs> song. Frankenstein so, is exactly yeah, the same. It, it's and you know what? He's found a, a formula <laughs> found and it kind of works, although does it? And is I will, the question. And yeah. yeah, it's it is all very similar. But you know, when you look at just one show, like so many people love Jekyll and Hyde and a lot of the music in it, and I think it's the same. Like if you if you know one Wildhorn, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say? So I've got Wildhorns basically resume of work here. Oh, fancy. And so <laughs> a lot, like, we laugh at him, but yes, he we do. works. Oh, yeah. yeah. So starting in 19, 1990 with Jekyll and Hyde, the next year, Svengali, then he took a break until 95 when he did two songs for the Victor Victoria musical conversion. Then Scarlet Pimpernel, in 97 in 98 the civil war in 2003 camille claude in 2004 dracula musical in 2005 waiting for the moon in 2006 cyrano de bergerac the musical in 2006 rudolph the last kiss in 2006 (sighs) never say goodbye in 2008 carmen in 2009 count of monte cristo 2009 bonnie and clyde 2009 wonderland that's three musicals full musicals in one year Uh, then Tears hey, of Heaven, Mitsuko, hey, hey, hey. Excalibur, Death Note, the musical in 2015. 
It's never he ending. Look, look, you're saying that yes, he works, but we're not saying his works are good, and that might be because he churns out like three. Bonnie of them and Clyde, in a year. I really love. Yes, mm. um, and Wonderland is underappreciated. Wonder- yeah, but there's some really good songs yeah. in Wonderland, and I mean, look at Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I feel like Andrew Lloyd Webber did a lot of work for about a decade yeah. or twenty years, and then just stopped, and it's just he's done. And then he was like, ah, like, oh, let's try School of Rock. Ah, oh, let's botch it. Oh, well done. <laughs> I'm done for another. Look 10 what years. I did. Yeah. Speaking of botching things, are we ready for (laughs) bad review? It's what am I going to do today? Uh Bad reviews, bad reviews, bad reviews with Julie. Julie, (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. It's different every time. Right. Uh, Okay, so this is from Variety.com. The Scarlet Pimpernel, authored by well, this is article is authored by Greg Evans on November ninth. Seek him, uh, sorry, seek him here, seek him <laughs> there. Like, seek him, yes, I yeah, can. Right right Just seek, seek him. him. <laughs> <laughs> seek him here, seek him there. Just don't expect to really care. Nan Knighton and Frank Wildhorn, Middle Brown, The Scarlet Pimpernel is a B movie melodrama set to an adult contemporary format. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, hang on. I'll keep reading because this could end up great. I've read this before, guys. I've totally vetted this. Uh, lacking the gothic weight of Wildhorn, Wildhorn's popular Jekyll and Hyde, this lame is light. Lame is light. Could have a tough time getting sizable audiences to step up to the guillotine, but a pleasant enough score and fanciful period costume should attract a Harlequin romance crowd. <laughs> also, oh. not... Wrong. Not wrong. I actually can't disagree with any yeah. of that. Really. <laughs> really. It was nominated for three Tonys. It was nominated hey, for Best that. Musical, yeah. Best Book, and Best Performance of Percy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it didn't win. No. It, it, um, in that one year in 1998... So it, it opened um, in the, like the October November of ninety seven, and by the by the time the Tonys happened in nineteen ninety eight, it mm-hmm. um, it was nominated for a number of things, particularly um, um, Douglas Sills who played uh, Percy and the Scarlet Pimpernel in the the first couple of iterations uh, was nominated a few times for his performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, and the music was nominated, but unfortunately they only came away with one little award, which was a, a Theatre World Award for Douglas Sills in that role. So Again. the actual show itself has not got nominated in that year only. Um, but I'll say it once, I'll say it multiple times. It's still more awards than we currently have. <laughs> or the, the week, collectively. Right. Collectively. Okay. Nomination. I, I have yeah. a palmy, I'm just saying. <laughs> so really we're tight. Tuss, tuss. You don't. Tuss, um, I, there's some like cool people that have been in this show. Um, Terrence Mann played, yeah. um, can you say the French name again? Uh, Chauvelin. Chauvelin. So, <laughs> I thankfully had um, some a friend who has spoke fluent French and I was like, how do I pronounce all these things? <laughs> Chauvelin. Just think chauvinistic. Yeah. Oh. Chauvelin. Yeah. Chauvelin. Think chocolat, or chocolat. But not say that. Yeah. Chauvin- <laughs> chauvinistic chocolate is what I'm now going to be thinking of. 
So yes, I, I, the name Terence Mann was like, I feel like I know that name. And when I did some research, I found out that he was the original Rum Tum Tugger yeah. mm-hmm. in Cats. Now on Julie's listening. <laughs> Julie's back listening. on. Julie's back on. He's done quite a bit. He has. He He's, has quite an extensive he, resume. He does. He does. Um, my favorite cast has to be the night, the like last year's Lincoln Center cast oh. that had uh norm Tony, lewis norm lewis laura osnes tony yazbeck laura osnes was in it osnes yeah Corey right. cott who is so good his brother casey's in riverdale also so good um <laughs> and drew uh galing who originated the role of dr pomada in waitress so it had quite yeah. an yeah. excellent yes. cast that's a pretty like okay they're um, all pretty I'm strong a sound a bit pervy but that's a pretty sexy cast. Oh, it's a totally sexy Dang. cast. Can, can I say, ladies, in this show, there are yes. about 20 characters. hundred men? Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> one woman. I one, mean, one named, named woman. woman. This then one there has are random Marie women. and um, Marguerite are the two women. Oh, yes. Marie listed. is a named character. She's can sort you? of the, Marie? She's the, like, the... She's not a servant, but she's like a friend of Marguerite's, just so that Marguerite actually has someone else <laughs> to, to talk, talk to. Can in you the imagine whole goddamn show. the actual bloodshed if those two ladies playing those two ladies <laughs> were uh, single straight females, and you managed to just so happen get a cast of entirely straight males? I mean, I would not have been sad to be Laura Osnes surrounded by normal like, like Corey Cotton, <laughs> Drew Galen. I'm bloodshed. not gonna lie. They're, like, hey guys, yeah. there would be fisty cups. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other things that we want to say about I'm not hosting this episode Zane I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) however anything anything else well just I was going to give you a bit of a a rundown I guess of its its checkered history Um, it's had a very interesting development and life um, with actually there's essentially four different versions of Whoa. the show and um, they they it actually have like been like yeah <laughs> they have actually been labeled like SP1 SP2 oh which were you in? oh I was in SP3 um, I did the tour um, so the show began as a workshop and of course in true Wildhorn style it had a concept album oh. and that was recorded in 1992 mm-hmm. um, but the show debuted as we said in on Broadway in sort of October November 97 um, and they did a cast recording but of course by the time other sh- versions came out that recording was quite different um, and they but that that same cast that opened on Broadway which included Douglas Stills and uh, I've got um, Christine Andreas who played Marguerite and Terrace Mann as Chauvelin they did an encore album in 1999 mm. um, which uh, featured some of the it basically was the same recording just they'd put in a couple of new versions of songs uh, Chauvelin's character in particular had sort of new and I think better uh, songs. I like the songs that he has in the other version. Um, So a mere sort of eight, nine months of a run on Broadway, unfortunately, just before the Tonys were announced, the show was slated to close. Um, the The team, cha- they changed producers and they sort of reopened the show. With it a- had like a cult following, didn't it? It did. There was this group called The League. The League. That sounds very ominous. The League. <laughs> or Leaguers or something like that. Yeah. And wow. so there were all these fans that oh. loved the show. And so they oh, kind of group. hit to, well, you know, terrifying. we've got like 
cumber bitches and that's true. And, well, and, and <laughs> also, I love that that's a thing. Isn't, most didn't recently, you know that that's a thing? No. Uh, the same thing, similar thing has happened to uh, sci-fi computer in your head. Ooh. Oh. Be more chill. Be more chill. And Beetlejuice, they yeah. kind of have these big fan uprisings and organisations trying to get them a return season. Yeah, oh. well, mm. Beetlejuice is closing, so hopefully they well, that's can help it out. That's why it's spurred. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes, the league um, the sort league. of managed to do something and so the show sort of changed producers' hands and, and they reopened it then with a vastly rearranged production in October 98, so that was a year after the first uh, iteration. Um, Douglas still stayed on for that um, SP2. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they added Rex Smith and Rachel York into that trio uh, of leads. Unfortunately, that show closed about seven months later. And there was and a seven mini. Seven months is a decent run. It's not bad, but. I mean, the first one was only nine months. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, altogether, they've had a decent run, <laughs> just in different <laughs> versions. Um, there was a little tour, and it was like a scaled-down version with three completely different leads. Um, in the summer of 99, summer of 99, <laughs> um, it feels weird saying years that have 19 in front of them again. Yeah. A third revision opened on Broadway September 99, but it closed in the January of 2000. So, so are you saying that this was... Restaged three times in three years on Broadway. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Wildhorn really wanted this show up. <laughs> and then finally, SP4 was a US national tour that occurred February to April in 2000, um, which had numerous cast changes. Like Douglas Stills actually started the tour, but then there was three other Percy's in like four months. <laughs> so good time, everybody. And um, yeah, as we were saying before, Wildhorn's record of money-making is not so great. Yeah. Um, but so he again, keeps trying. Look, he does not give up. And you've no. got to give him that. I actually and really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a real go get him attitude, he does. I mean, um, he did have a pretty big wing with Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, did uh, very well. <laughs> that was a long time after this. Yes, you know. Yes, like it was. That's, that's <laughs> the fact that he the kept <laughs> people kept letting him try was impressive. Um, yes, but you know the show has been done professionally, sort of all over the world, um, in different countries, and still has you know like a, a following and, and a fan base. It still gets done. Um, of course, the the to do the show, I guess, as true as possible is the the thing that causes everyone to downfall because you're meant to be showing the 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 richness and the the um affluence of these mm. upper class citizens the and tasteless affluence there's yeah. an entire song at the beginning of act two which is about like the beauty of men and they t they have a whole dance routine about hats and feathers and the cut of their pantaloons and kerchiefs and the whole jazz and you kind of can't do that on the budget you know <laughs> it's got to be luxurious but also you need 500 men and there's just so many men like that's yeah. a yeah yeah there's about it's like 12 to 15 named spoken characters in Percy's entourage wow. um you know and then there's Chauvelin and he's got mm. two or three named henchmen mm. plus all of just the French you know the, the militia and and then you've got all of your townspeople and you know random nobility that gets saved from the and that's so where the women really get to shine in this yes show. they get to screech on the streets of France <laughs> oh is that what I heard bastards. from the bathroom before <laughs> yes, yes oh my I was in the bathroom oh. just getting you know some Prepared. urofen yes <laughs> 
preparing my body for the podcast <laughs> for the 500 men and i hear from Let's the tv some screeching i was like what is this yeah. it, it, madame guillotine the song um which is uh, towards the beginning of the show it's the first time we kind of go to france they um it, it reminds me a bit of sweeney todd in that sort of sweeney sweeney it's so screechy and high but it's fabulous um yeah so all right well let's take a break okay and we'll come back and we'll talk about all the lessons that we've learned from Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> what have we learned from this revolutionary? Oh, Ponzi! <gasps> Why are we? It's revolutionary and it's revolutionary. I don't no, know that it's the, actually revolutionary. The show it's just was not revolutionary. No, it was a single meaning. I'm gonna take it. Just stuck. KB, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take, <laughs> gonna take it. it. Take it Let's, too. Go. Let's roll. What I mean by revolutionary <laughs> is like if, if you're making in the revolution. Yeah, if you're making a show about a revolution, you have to pick a side of that revolution. So it's yes. teaching us a uh, teaching us a lesson about one of those sides. So I'm very uh-huh. interested to hear. Uh, what you've all learned from it. Nice dig in, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Zane's team. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking on that I, one. I would not call not this musical a revolution or revolutionary theater. in that sense <laughs> of the term. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess one of the lessons I learned from the Scarlet Pimpernel is to do the right thing, even if it costs you just about everything. And I think that's a interesting sort of tale, especially when. Um, someone like Percy actually has sort of, I guess, materially everything mm. um, to go and, you know, risk his life um, to to save these people. But on the other hand, I'm like, yes, you're just saving the rich people and bringing them back to rich England. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of feel bad for what was actually happening in mm. France. Uh, but, you know, beheading people in the public square is kind of a bit far. But although in <laughs> this it? climate, maybe we should just <laughs> reconsider what the uh, the French did back then. <laughs> Just saying, it oh. for them. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yes. no one actually. It, uh, sure, yeah, cool. I guess <laughs> you're yeah, not wrong. It, it definitely does have. Uh, Let's consider it. It's you know, the, it's up there with Robin Hood. I it mean, definitely, it's this kind of. There are lessons thing. to be learned oh. about guillotines in this musical. There are, and I'm not. I'm not pushing you either way on no. what lessons you learn about guillotines no. from this musical. <laughs> but they're there. I learned how to build one. I can tell you that. <laughs> um... <laughs> I learnt from this end Batman that the rich guy is usually the superhero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one but the uh, English nobility would actually have ships be able to get from England to France constantly. Constantly. Uh, and, and disguises and all that jazz. Even Robin Hood was a rich guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look at them all. And... Iron and Man. you think it's a secret identity, guys. <laughs> the more money they have. I think it is always fun when you're watching a show like this where there is that secret identity and we, of course, as the audience, know exactly what's going on and watching everyone just like, uh, really? Uh, duh. Come on. Like for Marguerite, she spends so long just pondering, just suddenly having this askance view of her husband going, wait a minute. <laughs> Not saying I'm the Scarlet Pimpernel, but has anyone seen me in the Scarlet Pimpernel in the same room? Just saying, yeah, it's that kind of, you just go, oh, come on. I I mean, something that this particular musical taught me, when you compare it to Jekyll and Hyde and when Mm. you compare it to Les Mis, is there is definitely a formula at work here. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't really expand or alter 
either of those texts. It just kind of combines them in one and gives it to an audience. Um, so I don't know. I'm not saying whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like I think the formula of how Wildhorn wrote this musical is very obvious. Mm. Um, and so I think you can learn something from that. Yeah. I guess um, what I learned from seeing your production, Kim Brown, mm, thank you. is that even just being able to see a concert version of the show yeah, so is better than seeing nothing. Yeah, and I agree. And I um, I really enjoyed doing that production because we were able to have a full orchestra on the stage. Because mm. like I said, for me personally, the music is so much a part of what makes this show really engaging and emotive. I, I, don't, think, I don't think the audience really connects with the characters as much without the music. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I did actually read the, the original book in preparation for doing the show and I found it interesting, but it was a bit tedious and, and kind of like, oh yeah, ho-hum. But putting, putting that stirring music to it and giving it that, that tension as well was really great. But yeah, we, we just did it with the men were in dinner suits, the ladies were in sort of cocktail dresses and they had like hats and sashes and, and accessories and, and they, it was semi-staged. So, you know, they acted it out, but they weren't just stand and sing to the audience. Um, mm. We had our guillotine and that was about it. There was no set. <laughs> <laughs> and Kim, um, where, where did that guillotine end up? Do we still have still know where that is? Look, I think there are people <laughs> that I could talk to. <laughs> Does it? Do you think Uh-oh. it needs sharpening at this yes, point? Probably, or? it's a bit dull. It might need to polish. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, um, and I think I think for people to uh, for the show has not come to Australia. It's not no. been done. It doesn't get done a lot. I think it was a really great opportunity for audiences to just yeah get a taste of it and go, huh. Interesting. Um, and I actually don't think I'd want to do a production of it with the full frills and lace because, oh, that would be so much effort. It would be a designer's dream yeah. to do that. It, like if there was someone just absolutely champing to be. Nightmare. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Costume and, the, and the fact that it flips back and forth from England, France, England, France. Yeah. England, I was like, oh, my God, pick a location. Uh, <laughs> you could do that in a film. You can't do that in, um, in, in the stage. But you can I... if you've got lots of money. What I learned, um, like retrospectively, is that I made a really big mistake by um, seeing every uh, every show in that concert series apart from Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie! Sorry, Kim. Love you. Uh-oh. Oh well. Rude. Yep. Uh, I think <laughs> just um, and we're done. <laughs> a lesson that this musical teaches that maybe isn't a, the best lesson for life is that you only need really need one woman in a show. <sighs> Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boo with women, I, down with women, I, hate them all. I, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> humming you can hear is KB's brain about to explode. I don't know if it was what Zane said or that I piled on. <laughs> but it was fun. Sure. If I, you don't hear me in any of these episodes, episode, you know why. <laughs> to, to be fair, the way that Marguerite is kind of treated... For the life of me, I actually can't remember how much of her character was in the book. I think she was a lot more instrumental in the book. But in the stage show, yes. she's really there as a token. Like yeah. she um, she has a history with Chauvelin, um, obviously has ended up marrying the Englishman Percy. And then he feels like he can't trust her because she's French and her brother's involved in some shady dealings, maybe. And then, of course, he's guarding himself from her because he's a scholar criminal. And Chauvelin's trying to use her to get... Oh, like She's just this tiny pawn in the men's game yeah, um, and, and unfortunately <laughs> even musically she's treated that way as well because I actually hate her songs um, I'm like oh yeah here we go yeah. and I think that's a weakness that comes through a lot in Wildhorn's work is yeah. that he doesn't treat women as characters he treats them as plot points mm. um, and that's why I was kind of 
saying that to make a joke of that phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny saying, ha, ha, ha. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I also think a, a, a legitimate lesson that it teaches is uh, how much uh, nationalism used to be a part of politics. Mm. Um, like we complain now that nationalism is a huge part of our politics, but the fact that he thought he couldn't trust his wife because she was from France. Mm. Yeah. That is a step beyond, like, less not trusting someone who's from Saudi Arabia because they're from Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, because that's putting where she's from over everything that you've ever known or done About with her. her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, again, it's treating her like a thing and not a person that you you'll have a relationship with. Yeah. Mm. Good point, Zane. Oh, what a the cool other one. the other little lesson that I learned is that misdirection can be useful because <laughs> <laughs> that's basically how they kind of it, well at least in the stage show they like hey look over there Whoosh, let's save this person run away <laughs> and then the Scarlet Pimpernel in his scarletness would just be like ha ha I fooled you again bye uh, so that was fun <laughs> da, 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 da. here's it's my cape. pose <laughs> <laughs> exactly I mean for better or worse it is the tale of a superhero it's Zorro it is a yeah. Robin Hood. Um, and so I think it does have something to say about like the power of that symbol of someone who's standing up for justice when no one else really is, when it's normal a, people can't. a more realistic version of a superhero. Yeah, it's a superhero without any superpowers except for yeah. money. And, yeah. and the fact that Again, I think... Batman. Love it. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's not explored in this musical, but I think because there are subsequent books like the Baroness... Um, What's she? Or's she? I don't know how to pronounce Not what it. I was going to say. Or, or, or. Uh, the Baroness who wrote it's Hungarian. I can't. Yeah, the Hungarian. original. <laughs> I apologise to everyone. I've just I've just offended. Um, wrote like ten more books yeah, featuring the Scarlet series. Pimpernel, and um, I believe that there a lot of his the, the Pimpernel sort of philosophy is to inspire the masses and is to yeah. inspire people to take up arms and join the cause and fight mm. against injustice and all that sort of stuff. Revolutionary. So, um, whereas I, I guess a lot of our current superheroes are, are very much aloof and they're not inspiring people to stand up no, and help their fellow man. We it's will fix the problem just for you. get out of the way. You're welcome. Sorry we killed a million of let you. Let me take my shirt off <laughs> is how that works. KB, so I thoughts? Think <laughs> about um, taking shirts is off? Is Henry Cavill playing the Scarlet <laughs> <laughs> Can he sing? He's in. He's in. <laughs> um, I think too it's, it was... Uh, quite amazing that a woman in 19 the early 1900s yeah. wrote it was really a series of plays and novels yeah. combined mm. that were published and like really celebrated. widely accepted yeah mm. and in the lead up especially to like world war one and all of that kind mm. of stuff it's pretty phenomenal that it's still... I mean, she was a baroness. She was a baroness. So she did have that and kind her, of... She it, had a bit of pull. It always says, like, her and her husband. Like, she yeah. couldn't have done it alone. No, um, but to be go. fair, but, that, that's kind of a facsimile of sort of Scarlet Pimpernel. Like, he's a nobleman, yeah. but working for the good of the masses. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, cool. speaking of Henry Cavill, yes. shall we take a break and come back <gasps> with Dreamcast? Yes. Yeah, sure. Sure. 
Are we starting with the big roles or the little roles? <laughs> I just have like a general group of men that can play whatever <laughs> role they want. Start with the bread roll. Okay, can we just, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's uh, that's just the story of your life. <laughs> yeah. Aww. On your He's, phone, you just have a phone <laughs> call. A group of men that can play any role they like. <laughs> yeah, not just... KB just doesn't have a group of men hanging around. It's like the complete opposite. But uh, there is a list that's like, if they want to be in the show, they can be in any and every show like. forever. Uh, would you like some examples? I was just like, I I, would. I'm very yeah. bad at Dreamcasts because I'm, I'm certainly not mm. up with who's doing all of the things these days because yeah. I'm just slack. Um, so I will defer to KB. <laughs> I mean, you've got your general more. players like Aaron Tveit, Jeremy Jordan could definitely like play the Pimpernel, play Percy. I think Aaron Tveit would be better than Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. It's very funny um, to think of like maybe people you – would more often see in a contemporary role in Scarlet Feminine. Like, that's where my brain's yeah. having problems because I have no doubt they can do it. I can do but it. But my brain's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeremy Jordan sung, like, this amazing version of, um, oh, what a beautiful morning from oh, Oklahoma. Yeah. And, like, Bleh. anyway. Um, and some of the other places where you'll see, like, people um, sing just, like, classically when you kind of are not expecting mm-hmm. it is that backwards Broadway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, dang. You have a good voice. Um, I'd also put David Hunter in there. He's playing Dr. Pomodor on the West End at the moment and Waitress. He's a, just a beautiful actor and has a wonderful voice. Um, and Zach Adkins, who has played Dimitri in um, Anastasia on Broadway, but it's not currently. Um, again, just got that like... They could all play like noblemen. Yeah, absolutely. And so they have that. Mm. You know who I'm not putting in? Who? Cody Simpson. <laughs> Sorry, that came from the Anastasia thing. I was like, uh, yeah, nah. Are okay. you putting Zach in? Yes, of course. The I mean, uh, the Pimpernel's glove. He could probably be like the Prince of Wales or like, you know, all. Man 500. Oh, okay. Like. Okay, so he, <laughs> he's, he, he's not worthy of, like, a named character. Are you probably, like, you know. We would put him anywhere is what we're saying. Yeah. We'd just cast him is our motto. We'd cast Zac Efron. And mm-hmm. technically, we've cast him. Fair enough. I think a good... He, uh, he actually, if he could... If, I don't know what Zac Efron's French accent's like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, probably oh flawless, Kim. <laughs> Stunning. I mean, he is Zac Efron. He can do no he wrong. He can do no wrong. Um, there is Marguerite's younger brother um, could be a good one. I, For the life of me, also done my research real good today. I can't remember his name. Um, but, yeah, that could be interesting. To be fair, as soon as I read that he did do it, uh, Norm Lewis as Chauvelin mm. is, like, perfect in my eyes. For I mean, you Percy, could put, like, what is it? Karamalu, what's his first name? Ramin. Ramin. Karamalu, yeah. Okay, you remember the last one. (laughs) (laughs) It's because it starts with K, guys. It's just easy to remember. (laughs) Um, For Percy or Scarlet Pimpernel, I was thinking either uh, Matthew Morrison. Nah, don't rate him. (laughs) To to play the switch between foppish and manly, I think he he can walk that line pretty Mm. well. Um, But also Jake Gyllenhaal. I think, I'd I think, always cast Jake I think he Gyllenhaal. would own that role. I, I think, think he'd yeah, be quite he'd good. Or Jonathan Groff would also Absolutely. play that role very yeah. well. There's a lot. 
See, I think maybe not now, but a few years ago, um, I think Hugh Jackman could have done a good job and he would have been very marketable, obviously. Um, But I think he has, you know, his Peter Allen Wolverine, you know, kind of combination. Um, I think he would be serviceable Chauvelin. Yeah, but see, he, he, see... he would he would be a lot worse than this other people. Yes, style of music requires you to sing where you're told to sing. His thing is not doing that. He likes to sing behind the beat constantly. <coughs> yeah, all wild right. horn. <laughs> wild horn just you have is a little bit of leeway with, with wild horn. No, I refuse. Mm, I refuse. <laughs> I think there's a few people that have played Javert that could do Chauvelin. Like they're sort of not similar. Russell Crowe. Like Crow. Not Russell Crowe. <laughs> I'm less some. mad about that. <laughs> I said something. Yeah, I actually fair. was thinking about Philip Quast today and oh. I thought, oh, he would be oh, divine. So and I think as an audience you'd be like, oh, I'm kind of on his side. Yeah. Hello. I find myself thinking about Philip Quast like a lot more than, <laughs> than maybe you should. Than I should. That's very good. He is wonderful. Um, yeah. That, that's the only, see, and the girls, like, who cares? Oh, well, and that's the thing. I mean, like, unfortunately. Kind of they're not a big character. Um, the, so maybe Audra. Why not? Look, the the role of Marguerite <laughs> vocally actually can go either way. And I've heard very sort of legit renditions of some of her songs. And I've also heard quite belty pop mm. versions of of her numbers as well. And I think in, in that sense, the character really could go either way. If you could get a really good actress in there who could yeah. actually make something out of it, um, I think it would make the show a lot more interesting the way that she can – because on the page it's not fantastic, but having there, there is room to to massage something out of that and just looks and, and you know, scances and all that kind of stuff could be really interesting. And I think Marguerite also works as the as a demure sort of, you know, in love heroine, but also as a ballsy, gutsy kind of woman as well. So I think that in that sense, almost anyone could play yeah. <laughs> and sure everyone just have a crack and it just depends on who you cast as person and that's the thing yeah it becomes your dynamic yeah all right well let's take another quick break and we'll come back with our top five lists so if this were to appear on a top five list what top five list would it appear? Can I tell on? you, I made a list of five top five lists. I love it. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Go, Number Kim. one. Go. Number one would be shows about the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. yes. I don't know that we'd fill out that list, but it would I be on. Too. Well, everyone else has got Lemus on that list. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it would there would definitely be in that list. Um, <laughs> in the top five shows that have guillotines. Yeah. Again, don't know if it would be lonely. I mean, on that is list, there a guillotine in six? There is t- like allusion to okay. what their end was, but do I we, don't think you ever see. Do it. we take that as sure? <laughs> oh, I thought you didn't want to have to be legitimate lists. <laughs> <laughs> They're not really, but sometimes we like to flesh it's it out. Number one on that list. Right, number three. Top five shows for lots of men. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> so yep. So it just is. It would. I, I think. I think it's a good show for men. I think it gives them a lot to do. It's just. For, maybe for we could lady. retitle it. Maybe we could call it like. I would love to do a flipped um, version because that would be hilariously fun. Wild Horns Sausage Party. No. No. Sorry. I'm, I'm no. Veto. Just, we all stop. Vetoing that. You don't like that name? <laughs> Thank you. No. We all just like, um, like silent. And just I think this is a you. list that could actually be filled out. Top five shows about French people when no one speaks French. 
Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Lame is. <laughs> like there's uh, – and, and again, um, there's been – Versions where where people have sung in French accents yeah. and spoken in French accents. Hamilton, <laughs> <laughs> and then but they're just speaking English. And like yeah. I get, I get that doing Lamy's in full French would probably be a very different show, and maybe yeah. not as marketable. But it just or there's not even like random French words. They don't even say bonjour. They don't. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> At least Beauty and the Beast says bonjour. Yeah, you know. Like, oh, to be honest, Beauty and France. the Beast is probably the most French. French, French musical <laughs> because they say bonjour, 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 bonjour. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's a whole. That's how it. sad that list is. <laughs> so I thought, oh, that's and my last, my top, my number five on my top five list of top five lists is shows with sword fighting. Yeah, yeah. more sword fighting. I was going to put it on that list mm, as well. Yeah, yeah fencing delightful. Musicals. Choreographed sword fighting. Oh, mate, we had so much when we when when I did it. Um, the lovely Glenn Schaefer, who played the Scarlet Pimpernel, Percy for us. Who played our Gaston? So just saying. I know. He's what? French. Totally All French. French um, is actually trained in fencing sword Amazing. fighting, and so he uh, procured some practice swords for us, and he taught all the guys how to do stage sword fighting. That's awesome. And he choreographed all of our sword fights. Funny story sidebar. Um, for, so we only did three performances. We did like a Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and Saturday night. Between Friday and Saturday, he managed to dislocate his shoulder <sighs> and didn't tell me, uh, which is good because I was conducting the show and probably would have fainted at some point if I'd found that out, <laughs> but just switched hands. What? So he did all his stage fighting for the matinee with his left hand instead of his right hand and ran it with the people that he had. He just like, oh, let's just run it, but he was ambidextrous in sword fighting. There you go. Fun fact. Wow. Okay. I found out after the production. Glenn, I was like, what? If what you're listening. You're amazing. Uh, yeah, you've just gone up you. a notch. You're welcome. <laughs> Here's a gold star. Um, I would put this on top five wild horn. I was oh, going to yes, say surely definitely. it makes the it's, top five it's, it's probably number five. I'm going to say mm. that. I would have put it five. Fun fact one. that I haven't actually mentioned uh, in this. I own the score to this. Never seen the musical. Never bothered nice. to play through it. Unsure why I own it. I will buy it. Did off you here. just pick I'll just it get up? It to you. Okay, great. You can have it. <laughs> Stomach. It was just lying around at Ignatians one day. You just it. No. Um, so I'd put it on top five superhero musicals. <laughs> yeah. Because the others haven't done well either. Was so great. So <laughs> why not put it in yeah. equal company? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, Spider Man. Yeah. Would you call Peter Pan a superhero musical? Peter Pan has superpowers. He's a leader. Yeah. He's sticking up for the little guy. I would put it more as a fairy tale musical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair Question enough. Mark. <laughs> Look, I don't got- know that Peter Pan would make the top five superhero musicals. No, I was just I wondering because list. like Scarlet Pimpernel is technically not a superhero. No, He's more of a true. spy or a yep. yeah, like a double agent. I mean, he's probably the superhero before we knew we could have superheroes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mm. to be fair, the actual story of the writing of the Scarlet Pimpernel stories does read like the comic book precursor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, look, for the purposes of today, why not put Peter Pan on there? (laughs) We've got Spider-Man. We've made so many accommodations today already. (laughs) Let's just go with it. Uh, Avengers the musical will come out eventually. God, Endgame the musical. <laughs> and I they like snap their fingers and everyone disappears out of the <laughs> theater. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. 
Spades, like, please. I'm no. cancelling this this podcast. <laughs> That's it. We are done. Well, We're this done. is the one you're cancelling. Yep. Okay. Do you know what, Zane? I I've said Mean Girls, the musical, so many times in 10 years that it eventually happened. I talked about last year in detail how I would write The Nanny, the musical, happening. And I've now, now said Endgame, the musical, watch out, it's about it, to happen. That's <laughs> why I'm cancelling the podcast. Do you know what's baby? scary? This is a new talent of hers and everything she says comes true. Now we need to write a musical about it so that that can go on our superhero musical list. It's not going to happen unless Katie says We found two Harry Potter books when I said we would. Austin Butler and Vanessa Hudgens broke up or just after I said they would. It's all very scary. All right. Well, before KB says anything else. You're a superhero, I think. I think we need to say goodbye. Oh. Goodbye. Kim, do you have anything <laughs> anything to plug coming up in the next couple of weeks? Uh, or, uh, or months. Month or so? well, I was going to say, th- this year is exciting, but um, 24 Hour Musical is happening again. We Woo! are in our fifth year. It is oh, super yeah. exciting. It's a big um, one. It is a big one and it's going to be year a little bit five. different, a little bit fun, and I think people should get on board if you have not already. It's do rounding it. out Definitely the top it. five list of best 24-hour musicals. <laughs> it will. We will have but a top um, five list. Next year we'll have to work out what Which one was the worst? <laughs> The first. No, no, it was great. I love Cinderella. Uh, I'm also doing um, The Wizard of Oz with Savoyards um, later in the year. So Wonderful. that's a bit later on, but I'm very excited about that too. Excellent. Well, and if you want to find out more about us, you can find us on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram. Musicals teach me or musicals taught me everything I know. You can find us on our website at that's not canon.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know or M-T-M-E-I-K. Uh, and also we have a Patreon if you want to become one of the best people in the entire entire world like Uh, Kim Brown like Kim Brown oh Kim Brown this is where you get to hear those exclusive Patreon only episodes that we release once a month Uh, they're lots of fun and a lot looser than (laughs) our uh, usual episodes Uh, and yeah so send us an email at musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com if you want KB to have a chat to you about anything that you've got to say to us. I like that KB handles the uh, outgoing and I handle the, wait no, no the I handle the outgoing, yeah. KB handles the yeah. incoming I just read them <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, what a great email. The Julie. <laughs> and we'll be back same time next week with another musical. Thank you so much for joining us, My Kim. pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for Kim. having me. Thank you. Thank you, KB. Thank you, Zane C. Weber. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Zane C. Weber. And thank you for listening, everyone who is doing that thing. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Disneyverse Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. 
So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber, in order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find podcasts. A That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.